Pink Grandeur in YYFM. You're listening to YYFM. Get ready to embrace the change. Welcome to Let's Talk All Things Menopause, the podcast that's joining the conversation around this transformative journey. Join us as we dive into candid conversations with medical experts, uncovering the science behind menopause's mysteries. Our guests are real people sharing their personal stories, their struggles, and challenges that they have overcome. Whether you're facing menopause or supporting someone who is, this podcast is your safe space for knowledge, empathy, and empowerment. Tune in and let's talk all things menopause. Hi, I'm Lynn Hughes-Williams, and my guest on today's episode of Let's Talk All Things Menopause is Geraldine Norris. She's a yoga instructor and a homeopath. Hi, Geraldine. Hi. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to come along. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, there's lots of conversations going on around uh, menopause at the moment, and I know it's something that you are really an advocate for, in particular, yoga. Do you want to tell us how you got into um, your interest in menopause and yoga instruction? Well, it started with the um, perimenopause for me and um, I decided to become a homeopath. So I started professional training at no intention of practising as a homeopath, but I decided that it would help to support me through my perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause because I've used homeopathy for many, many years and I'm a firm believer that it works and it's very effective and I use it with my family, my children, my animals. Saved a fortune really on veterinary care because of the homeopathy. And the yoga, I started years and years ago. What? when um, probably was about eight or nine and my sister used to watch Lynn Marshall on TV. I I think it was on a Sunday morning and I always wanted to join in, which irritated my sister quite a lot. But uh, and then she left home and got married, but I'd still practice my Lynn Marshall on a Sunday morning and really enjoy that. And for the listeners who don't know Lynn Marshall, I don't recognise the name either. Oh, it's a... A long time ago, and um, she's passed away now, but um, she was a very tall, elegant uh, woman who used to wear lycra from head to toe. And uh, she would lead us through some yoga practices on the TV. Uh, I think there is social media for her, so I, I think she might be able to find footage of her on YouTube. And I think there's a Twitter page and possibly an Instagram page. But yeah, she was very inspirational and I wanted to be just like her. <laughs> Later on, uh, when I was a teenager, I wanted to attend a yoga class to help with the stresses and strains of exams and things like that. But I was too young, really. They, there wasn't many classes around that would take um, children then. I didn't really have anyone to take me. 
I was very fortunate that I met someone called Pat Bevan and she was teaching at a local girls' school in the evening. I contacted her and I asked and she said that I could go along as long as um, I would be dropped off and picked up. That, that was it. That was the start of it, really. I was probably about 14 or 15 at that time. Okay, so how do we link yoga and the symptoms of, of menopause? What, what is the benefit? Well, there's so many, really. In fact, there's menopause yoga has actually been trademarked now. A yoga teacher called Petra Kovany, she was menopausal, pet post, well, perimenopausal, and she's practiced yoga all her life and she was a, t- a teacher, or she is a teacher, yoga teacher. And she actually started studying and finding out lots of things because there was just no help available to her. She devised menopause yoga. So it's a combination of breathing exercises, postures, mudras. Mudras are gestures in yoga. So a lot of them are hand gestures, which have a physiological effect on the body. So it can help to calm the mind, lower the blood pressure if it's become a little bit elevated. There's also the mindfulness side of it, where you're able to perhaps live in the moment and start to recognize certain triggers. So if you were in a hot flush, you'd start to embrace that and just go with the flow rather than perhaps panic because sometimes it can spiral out of control because you feel embarrassed because you're having a hot flush. Yes, I think that's one of the things many women talk about, uh, a hot flushes. Yeah. Never had one, but... Um, You're lucky. <laughs> I know, but then it, apparently it doesn't affect all of women. I can't remember if it was 70%. There's 30% of women who don't suffer with hot flushes. But I think the mindfulness technique can be quite useful because often you can become aware of the triggers. So it might be that after a glass of wine, because it's some evidence now that the sulfites in wine can actually trigger the hot flushes, as can spicy food. Caffeine is a trigger as well. And perhaps you could then tailor your use of those substances or decide that I really need that glass of wine, but mm-hmm. I might have a hot flush afterwards and it's a trade-off then, isn't it? Yes. But at least you're recognising those symptoms. Uh, from a bone health point of view, it's really important to move the muscles and joints and put weight through the long bones of the body, which help to keep the bone healthy. The bone needs to be exercised just like our brain needs to be exercised, really. Uh, The deep breathing can be very helpful in managing stress and anxiety and panic attacks. So there's a whole host, really, of techniques. I always uh, describe it as producing um, a menu, really, that people can work through. And some of the things will suit, other things might not. But it's as if you then have um, a selection of things from the menu that you can try to help to alleviate some of the symptoms of menopause. We know that, you know, through many conversations now that women experience osteoporosis, not 
all of them, but some do. So for someone with osteoporosis, can they practice yoga? They can. Uh, What I recommend is that they always check with their medical practitioner first. So people who attend my yoga classes, they complete a health questionnaire before attending. It's up to them what information they decide to share with me is confidential, but some people rather not declare certain health conditions. In a class situation or a one-to-one situation, I do mention perhaps contraindications of certain poses. So for instance, deep forward bends need to be avoided if you suffer with osteoporosis. Twists can be troublesome too, because of course, there's always the risk of fracture depending on the degree of of bone deterioration there. And there are several women who come to my class who suffer with osteoporosis. And I wrote a blog on it actually quite a few years ago. They were happy to share their experience and how yoga had helped them and how various treatments had helped. Another symptom many women talk about, and it's it's something I've experienced as well, is brain fog and not being able to concentrate, can't focus on things. Does yoga help focus your mind? Yes, absolutely. In fact, one of the um, definitions of yoga, an ancient yogic sage Patanjali uh, described yoga as the control of the thought waves of the mind. No mention of postures, it was just that control. We practice that quite a lot in yoga. It's mindfulness, really. As Ruby Wax describes it, mindfulness is a way of exercising your ability to pay attention when you can bring focus to something. The critical thoughts quietened down. So being in the moment, maybe something that works for me, actually a running commentary as I do things. So it's used um, commentary driving then with the police force or emergency services. They are encouraged to do that. So they're encouraged to engage more of their senses in the activity. So noticing what's happening in that moment. So, for instance, if I was making a cake, then I would talk myself through it as well as just use my other senses to perhaps follow the recipe to ensure that I'm doing it. Or if I was going upstairs to get something, often uh, I've experienced the same thing, Lynn, that you go upstairs and you think, (laughs) what on earth have I come upstairs for? So often I will be talking to myself as I go up and trying just to focus on that one task rather than be multitasking. Because I think as women, we are always doing too many things. We're We pride ourselves on our multitasking, whereas perhaps midlife is a time or it's not just perimenopause and menopause at midlife. But when you experience those symptoms, I think it does help to slow you down and just help to reframe your focus. The times I've gone to the fridge and I'm stood at the fridge with the fridge door open and saying to myself, somebody tell me why I'm in this fridge. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I've should I talk there. myself from the kitchen to the fridge and yeah, say, absolutely. I'm on my way to get tomato sauce? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I find it really does work for me. It's, it's very helpful. Yeah. So uh, I think there is, of course, there's a lot of research about that now as well. And it is the chemical imbalance as well. So it's the mm. effects of the 
the reduced hormones and they impact directly on the on the brain. And Dr. Lisa Moscone, there's lots of information out there on YouTube, her videos, her TED Talks are brilliant, actually, where she and she's written a book, The XY Brain, I think it's called and well worth reading. Or again, there's lots of other information out there. I like I rather like to watch her. Uh, she's quite entertaining on stage and but yeah she explains the the physical aspect of that then so you don't you realize that you're not going mad and there's a a physical reason why that's happening so you clearly have a significant interest in in menopause from all, all the studies that you've read and the books that you've read has that helped you to deal with it better Oh, I I think so. It was all by accident, really. Uh, I attended my first menopause cafe, September 2018, I think it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, but there was hardly anyone there. There there was the organiser and I think there were two other women and myself. Sadly, uh, it only ran for a few months and uh, the organiser was no longer able to commit to it. But I found it very useful and I I enjoyed talking menopause, hearing about other women's experiences as well of menopause. Yes, because I think quite often we feel alone, don't we? We feel that it's it's just happening to you as an individual. Yeah, that's right. And well, I just think it it is the last taboo as the organiser of the menopause cafe describes it. And That was her reason for setting up these menopause cafes. She had been hosting death cafes uh, previously in Scotland, Perth in Scotland. So Rachel Weiss is uh, her name and she she calls menopause the last taboo. And that's why she started to, um, well, she set up the first one in July 2017. And I think 30 or 40 people turned up. So, which surprised her and then um, they're run by volunteers and in Wales we lead the way of hosting menopause cafes and they're now a global um, they've become international really they're run all over the world now by my by many people is there a way of finding out where these menopause cafes are held for anyone who's interested in attending yeah well i hosted my own for four years um as a result when the one that i attended folded and i used to run that in blackwood but if you go on to the Menopause Cafe website, uh, again, there's a, a big presence on social media. They have an Instagram page, a Twitter page, Facebook page, and you can click on uh, on their page and um, they, they have a list of every month of where the cafes are um, being run. So there's lots going on now as opposed to years ago and it's just a matter of researching and finding out what's going on. Yeah, the cafes are brilliant. Uh, As I said, I I really benefited from hosting them and just meeting so many people. Men attended as well and not all ages. Again, my daughter, teenager, she, she attended with me and I think it's far more talked about now and it's great that we're raising awareness and that men want to know and want to support their partners. And of course, there's the diversity out there where perhaps um, 
women have become men and they are still suffering then menopause as well. So there's so many things to consider. Yes, that's right. It, it is um, quite diverse, as you say. It, mm. It's not just women. It can affect, you know, the transgender as well when they take HRT. That's right. And things. So um, another symptom that I believe is related to menopause is I get heartburn, something I never used to experience before. Can yoga practice help that? I I see a lot of digestive issues in menopause and perimenopause. And again, it's just the physiological changes, the fluctuating hormones can have quite a a big impact on on the individual at, at that time. Yes, yoga can help. So the movements often help to stimulate healthy digestion and just encourage the energy to flow. So in particular, twists can help with constipation, perhaps just help to relieve wind because that can be a bit of a problem for some as well. Uh, as you mentioned, gastric reflux is a, is a big problem, that burning. Mm. So perhaps again, related to the mindfulness, not just the yoga, the physical side of yoga, but noticing the triggers there. And often when we are feeling anxious or stressed, then those stress hormones in the body, the excess adrenaline and cortisol can play havoc really with healthy digestion. So when we're able to help ourselves to slow down and become more mindful and just be in the moment and be in our bodies and enjoy stretching and releasing, then the the other hormones start to flow. And we have that feel good factor. So endorphins, for instance, when we exercise, we're releasing those feel good hormones and they have a very positive effect on the body, as does dopamine and oxytocin and doing things that we enjoy. And that will help then with nutrient absorption and help to alleviate these digestive issues that can rise. So it seems like a stage in our life, really, where we need to slow down a little and take time for ourselves. Absolutely. I think it really is. uh, It's called the change, as uh, um, my mother and my grandmother called it, the change. Yeah, it was always the change, wasn't it? (laughs) And, And there is a definite change, not just physically, but I think mentally is a little bit of a wake up call. We start to realize that we need to put ourselves first. And as a homeopath, I always encourage people to see the symptoms or view the symptoms, not as the the baddies, but as little messengers really to, to us to take notice and start to put ourselves first and perhaps address what's happening in our life. Because often there's um, a biographical reason for the issues that we're experiencing uh, biologically. So the the biological changes that we're experiencing. Menopause isn't all bad, really. I think we can find positives in it. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't turn back time if I could. I feel that I'm becoming much more my true, authentic self as a result of menopause. 
where I think I was quite a people pleaser before, whereas now I found my voice. And I think that's part of this. Well, my passion, really, I've realised that so many women are underrepresented and um, perhaps uh, this time of life not able to access the treatment that they they deserve or they need. And I think that's why I've become quite a menivist in a way. So um, a menopause activist, but it happened by accident, really. So it's quite empowering, really. And we should embrace that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 If you had told me maybe 10 or 12 years ago that I would be in the position I am now, then I probably wouldn't have believed you. But uh, I've since become, I, I was running yoga classes for hot hot women, I called it, because I thought it was quite a mouthful to actually say yoga for perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. <laughs> so uh, I decided to use the phrase hot women, even though not all women suffer with um, hot flushes. No. But uh, and <laughs> those, appropriate, yeah, <laughs> And those classes were so popular. This was uh, prior to our lockdowns, uh, to the lockdowns. But um and then when Petra Kovany started uh, teaching teacher training for menopause yoga, I was interested in attending the very first course that she ran, which was in Stratford-upon-Avon. But I wasn't able to afford that then at that time. But during the lockdown, there, it switched online, that training, and it was a fraction of the cost. So I've I've now completed that training and I'm an accredited menopause yoga teacher thanks to that training and to Petra Kovany. When I was experiencing menopause, or still am I should say, um, but in particular in the early days was night sweats and then of course I couldn't sleep, I would be tired. What effect does this have on people do you think? Oh, sleep is um, a big issue. I think um, over 60% of women have sleep problems in, in menopause, according to some research carried out by Positivity. I see this an awful lot in my clinic, homeopathy clinic, and of course in the yoga classes. And I run specific classes for uh, sleep and insomnia. So we practice restorative yoga. So they're deep, restful postures that we uh, use many things to support us in a comfortable position. And then we explore a number of techniques. So they could be breathing techniques, the actual physical positioning of the body after stretching it into certain ways just to help to get the body to release. The, the hot sweats or night sweats, they are related again to the endocrine system. So it's something that uh, many women suffer from. And they there's a huge market out there because again so many women have said to me that they've invested in bamboo nightwear or specific bedding and maybe it's helped maybe not not help their bank balance <laughs> but um the the most women again who who've come to the the classes I, I do tend or I went through a phase of writing about it in blogs and they were happy to share their comments and yeah very successfully they found that the the yoga uh, helped them ease their symptoms so it helped them to relax on a much deeper level 
and perhaps avoiding certain triggers. So maybe avoiding the hot drinks before bed and maybe taking a relaxing bath, some use essential oils. And of course, homeopathically, I'm able to prescribe that. And often we see an improvement in in those troublesome symptoms. But the lack of sleep in particular has that knock-on effect because in the day then you're trying to carry out your work or your tasks and you might find that you're not as your energy is really low and we talked about brain fog earlier on and that's more likely to happen then so perhaps during a presentation or during an interview like this you might forget your trail of thought or the the facts that you're trying to um present uh, as part of your job or your task and it can be quite embarrassing and then that in itself then can cause anxiety or a panic attack and that might raise your temperature or cause a hot flush as a result. So it's that downward spiral, I think. Yes, you mentioned anxiety there. Again, something I never experienced when I was younger, but going through this now, the anxiety, it's quite unpleasant, you know. It's difficult to manage if you can't get it under control as well, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And I, I suffer with anxiety as well during menopause as well. Um, and, and most people are quite surprised because they think as a yoga teacher, I have all the answers and all the tools in the toolbox, but no, it can take you by surprise. I always remember quite a few years ago, so I was perimenopausal and, uh, I was really excited to be attending a a yoga workshop one evening in Cardiff and I needed to drive there and it was Oh, really heavy rain. It was terrible weather. And I knew exactly where I was going, but I was unable to park where I needed to park. And I was trying to find a parking space and there was lots of resident only parking. There was a lot of dead end streets then as I was driving around and one way streets. And I I just wound myself up totally. And I did eventually park the car. I used my yoga mat on my head as an umbrella to actually walk to the venue. And then I decided I was in such a state that I would just abandon it and just go back to the car. And that really struck home because I don't think I've ever, ever experienced something like that in my life. Uh, before or since really, thankfully. Yeah, a lot of women um, and a lot of people with uh, perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms say that it has affected their confidence and it's caused anxiety and their driving ability. They don't want to drive uh, anywhere that's out of their comfort zone. So... Yes, again, that's another big thing, isn't it? Confidence, you know, and that is something that I've experienced that's hard to to accept, really. And But I'm sure that's something that can be overcome, though, understanding menopause, understanding the symptoms that should help bring confidence back, really. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I I wasn't a particularly confident person before, but I found that I've become more confident. So I think um, I am. Um, if you had told me that I would be 
uh, doing podcasts, I would I would never have believed you. Um, I've taken part in a documentary film. I've written a chapter in in a book. I've started writing my own book now. Uh, so so for me, it really has been a transformational time. So sounding all positive, really. Yeah. So there's definitely positives to it, and we should take some positives away from this conversation today. Yeah, definitely. It's an awakening and I think we should embrace it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I know you're probably biased as a yoga instructor, but is it something you would recommend that people should at least try? I think it's it's, benefited you. Well, obviously I am biased and it has helped me immensely, but it isn't for everyone. And there are different styles of yoga as well. So I mentioned yin yoga earlier on, which is where you um, adopt certain yoga poses and you hold them for maybe three to five minutes so that you're really stretching the fascia uh, in the body as well as the muscles and the joints. And this can have a deep release in the body and in the mind and it can have a very positive effect then on helping to de-stress us and reduce anxiety and help to improve deep breathing. So it's um, releasing those feel-good hormones and has a very positive impact on our sleep. But um, some people prefer a much more physical ashtanga practice where you're moving quite quickly using the breath, but the poses can be very strong and involve maybe handstands and uh, dropping back into quite strong backbends. But again, it isn't for everyone. And what my advice would be, perhaps see what you feel drawn to and maybe give it a try. And again, if the yoga teacher, there's not that resonance there because sometimes it's not the yoga, it's the teacher, personalities clash. So I always advise people that perhaps if my class doesn't suit them, then don't give up on yoga. Maybe try some some other teacher or a different style of yoga. Do many yoga instructors like you sometimes hold outdoor classes? Yes, we do. And it's been really quite popular since um, the lockdown because, of course, when we were first able to to gather, we had to gather outside, isn't it, in, in smaller groups. And uh, I started teaching yoga at local parks and uh, it has been very well attended. And also you have the benefit then of being outside in nature, which many studies have proven uh, have a very beneficial effect on uh, our mental health and our well-being. You can't beat the outdoors and nature, can you? In the fine weather. Yeah, I was invited to teach a yoga class at a local organic farm and uh, I hosted that last weekend on, on a Sunday morning and uh, the forecast was looking good. It was 18 degrees. So the forecast said highs of 18. But of course, I didn't check the wind and my yoga mat was blowing um, <laughs> across the meadow. Uh, I'd advertise 
advertised it as yoga and mindfulness in the meadow. Um, I have this vision of you running through all the sunflowers chasing your mat. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly what it was, even though I'd laminated my my lesson plan so that it would be way down a little bit heavy and, and then it did start to drizzle. So, of course, my lesson plan was protected then. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was highly challenging, but uh, it was a lot of fun as well. All fun. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you, Jerry, for joining me today. It's uh, it's been insightful and uh, fun. So thank you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Let's Talk All Things Menopause. To hear more, please press the subscribe button to ensure you are notified of the next episode. Brando in YYFM, and for your goodness, fell him in the linear lane. Aki had a new bod bit of a hiku wednesday. Elchi, it's yyfm.com. Thanks for listening to YYFM. For more content like this, to follow us online, and to tell us what you want to hear more of, visit it's yyfm.com.